0: This episode of the Cutting Edge podcast is brought to you by glassgadget.com. Showcase Innovations creates tools that help shower door installers be more efficient and save time. Check out glassgadget.com for more information. Welcome back, here we are. Wednesday evening with the shower door professionals. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Well, maybe for the world but not for the average thing hey so glad that you could join us man there's exciting stuff going on around here wow i can barely keep up i was looking at the head count there in the group i think it's like 2300 or something like that members plus and the shower door pros group so i you know it seems like i looked just looked at it and it was like 1500 now it's like 23 it's exploding uh-huh. So uh, thanks for being a part of it. And thanks for all of your participation. You know, it's like, it's hard to keep up with everything that's going on in the group. There are so many projects being posted, so much news, but I glance at it and try to keep, keep in the loop. But um, thanks for keeping this thing going. And uh, if you'd like to join us here in the call, you can just click on the link there in the, um, in the Facebook group. I've got that link. Nailed to the top so you can't miss it. Come on in, let's chat. Join us for a very special evening with Danny Donahue. Danny is from FHC, you know him. And um, he's gonna be talking about part two of uh the shower door guide that just came out. People are asking me about it, um, asking me for links to it and stuff. I know there are links out there, but um we'll Post one here in the chat and I'll make sure that there's a link available also in the group. Maybe pin it to the top so that you can be sure to get your copy of that important document. It's awesome. So let me see, the new newsletter is out. Have you seen it? The first issue came out, If you did you get it in your email? Did it go into your spam folder? Don't let that happen, that's not cool. It doesn't belong in there. It's important news. And I've also posted the link to that in the uh, Shower Door Pros Facebook group and on the LinkedIn group. I posted it there so you can see that. If you're not getting it in your email, you can subscribe. Then you don't have to look for it and go digging through stuff, try to figure out where it's at. It just comes right to you. And you can open it up and look at it, find out what's going on. We talked a little bit about last week's call in there. And, um, yeah, Danny covered a bunch of stuff, but I mean, there's just no way you could cover the whole thing in one call. So he has graciously agreed to come back today, do part two. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to you, Danny Donahue.
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) I didn't try to do that. Nailed it. And you didn't know it and your feet show it. Because they're
2: Longfellows. <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> going with that. the Henry Wadsworth Longfellow joke—that's oh, no man. way to start off right? the meeting. Okay, <laughs> erase that last bit, Chris. Okay, no problem. Can, see if we can't do it better than that. No, I'll edit it out. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Thank you for the uh, for the nice intro. And what Chris is talking about, for those who are uh, the uninitiated, as it were, um, we're referring to the uh, Frameless Shower Enclosure Design and Installation Manual uh, that has been published by the National Glass Association. It's now available in hard copy. I got mine. You can get yours by going to glass.org. That is the National Glass Association and it's on their uh, homepage. There you go. Robert just sent it up there for us. Thank you very much. That's a good way to go. And uh, yeah, get your copy. And so basically, uh, this is a document just, you know, I'm going to give a brief breakdown uh, that uh, a group of about uh, 30 of us worked on um, for about 18 months. And there was a time for about maybe four or five months that we were meeting every other week. So it was really a very busy time, and we assembled a lot of great information, bunch of leaders of the uh, frameless shower enclosure industry. Numerous people on this call were a part of this. So uh, it was something that you know we worked really hard for, worked really hard on, and we, uh, you know, and we uh, came up with something, a nice consensus, and it's a living document. It's mm-hmm. meant to be adapted. It's meant to change. It's meant to grow. Um, and it doesn't deal in a lot of absolutes telling you never do this and always do that. There's a lot of you should and you and you could or, you know, shoulds and and stay away from things rather than saying never do that. So we stayed away from the wording like that. And last week we went into the design aspect of frameless uh, of, of from this guide, from this manual, I should say this week. We're going to go through measuring and a little bit of installation. And I say only a little bit of installation because installation gets very, very wordy. And mm-hmm. I think the example that we will go through today will show you what you would expect from a lot of other, a lot of other examples that are, in, that are in the actual uh, completed document. So without further ado, sorry, I keep waving this in the, in the way here. Chris is gonna start this for me. So let's go to the very beginning, which this is not. That is okay. I'm going to go ahead and just start reading this stuff. And at any time, you know, I'm not a person who just has to run through a dialogue. We can talk. We can we can discuss what was just read. and Do we like it? Do we not like it? Whatever the case is, it's pretty loosey-goosey here. So I'm not going to, you know, sit and just bore you with a bunch of stuff, but here comes the beginning of the boring bunch of stuff. All right. Now, I, I do like a lot of the, a lot of this. I'm very connected to this to this document and as as all of us are and there's some really important things here and starting off very well right here. Measuring is arguably the most important aspect of the frameless shower installation process. It has been said that a well-measured, thoughtfully engineered frameless shower can be installed by a technician with limited experience. As all the glass should fit into the opening. On the other hand, even the most experienced installer cannot make poorly measured glass fit correctly. The importance of measuring and designing a safe enclosure cannot be underestimated. I'm sure everyone agrees with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is there any is there any dissension? Maybe measuring <laughs> is not so important. <laughs> I don't I, think so. We all know. Any you know, we all just say uh,
0: measurements where the money is made.
1: That's right, or lost. Or lost. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. The tools of the measuring trade are simple, tape measure or alternate device, various lengths of levels, torpedo, two foot, four foot, six foot, uh, straight edge, if you don't want to use levels and you want to use lasers, uh, you know, painter's tape, pen, paper, step stool, just get yourself ready and get all the dimensions. And that's what we're going to talk about for a little bit. We're going to talk about some dimensions. Next slide. Perfect. Wow. Look at that. You read my mind. That's Bam. So, that was simpatico right there, man. <laughs> so centerline glass dimensions. The centerline, I'm going to go off script. Centerline is the imaginary line that divides the thickness of the glass. If your glass is half inch, you have a quarter of an inch of glass on the inside of centerline and a quarter inch of glass on the outside of centerline. i sure we all understand that basic concept. So centerline glass dimensions are ideal when, me- when measuring and laying out the shower design. Most fabricators prefer centerline glass dimensions if, if they are calculating the deductions. In a case when outside or inside dimensions are being used, they should be noted so the fabricator can account for them when making the glass deductions. Now, identifying out-of-plumb and out-of-level conditions. Once all the dimensions of the enclosure are documented, it's time to use a level on all surfaces that are going to have glass mounted to them. The level is used to determine the out of plumb slash level conditions and to check the surfaces for flatness. We'll see examples on the next slide. Key tip, out of plumb refers to vertical, and out of level refers to horizontal. Now raise your hand if you honestly did not know that. You will not see a single hand go up because you either knew it or if you didn't know it, you're certainly not going to say you didn't know it.
0: These aren't okay. the shower door amateurs, Danny.
1: <laughs> that's right. These are the shower door professionals.
3: That's right.
1: 3.3K strong. That is right. <laughs> uh, all right. So make notes of the out of plumb and out of level conditions that exist in the opening. I think that's important. Sometimes guys will say, well, it was a 16th here, it was a the 16th there. And I didn't notice it was only a 16th. You know what? let me be the judge of whether I think that that 16th is important and how I want to approach it. All I ever want to see are accurate dimensions of the opening that allow you to make the best glass sizing decisions. So make, make note of all of those. And once, uh, once all of those are uh, measured, make sure that your figures reconcile. I'll get into that a little bit more in in just a moment.
0: I see where you're going with that. That's a good one. Yes.
1: That is that is a real good one. Um, sometimes the uh, design of the enclosure can change at this point based on the information that you've just gathered. Like for example, maybe the customer wanted to use clamps for the fixed panel fastening method, but after using a level as a straight edge to check the surfaces, it was determined that the clamps would expose wavy wall surfaces that make for a bad look. Mm. Perhaps a new channel in lieu of clamps would solve this particular issue. Point being, field conditions outside of the control of the shower installer can lead to tweaking the customer's design. Let's go to the next one and see some pictures here. And this is where we're gonna get into things that showing the dimensions must add up. So another issue to contend with during the measuring process relates to minimum and maximum glass sizes based on the application. There are minimum size requirements that may may require contacting the uh, fabricator to determine their capabilities. The minimum glass width may vary depending on how the glass is used. Does it have only a flat polish on the edges or does it have a minor on one edge or two vertical edges? Or does the door hinge from this small panel? All may have different answers and may affect the glass size specification. Becomes important to get these answers before generating finished glass sizes. That really just has more to do with like minimum glass size widths and that kind of stuff. And now there's we're going to show a couple more pictures of typical conditions and what they look like. So the next one shows a con a convex wall, a wall that is bulging into the opening, and this would be a three hinge nightmare. Anybody would would attest to that, right? Mm-hmm, Try and yeah. put your hinges there. You'd have to shim the top and bottom ones out to, to make alignment. Obviously, this is an over-exaggerated drawing, but that's good because it shows you what, what we're very clear. It's very easy to see. The next example is an elbow-cut wall. Now, an elbow-cut wall I don't see as being the same as a bowed wall because a lot of times you can do a dog-leg cut or like a rock-to-stick cut or an elbow cut, many different ways to call it depending on where you are in the country. But you can follow that wall sometimes if you make note of exactly how it's out of, plum, and where and what dimensions? Next one, please. And another couple of dimensions here, or I'm sorry, another couple of uh, diagrams. Oh, oh, sorry about that. And one more. Perfect. Uh. We show one wall that has nothing wrong with it, and then the last wall is the aforementioned concave wall, the opposite of the convex. Also a three hinge nightmare, and that one's harder to uh, to uh, cut a piece of glass to follow because it 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 has a swoop it's not straight lines that one's that one's kind of tough that's mm-hmm. almost a uh, like a u channel situation you can bend that u channel it'll 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 bend just just fine for that long um uh, okay next next one now this is where we get into the real good stuff i like this one on this one we're going to talk about um, the uh, dimensions being verified on site here comes uh some pretty important words if the physical dimensions and out-of-plum or level figures do not add up correctly, they should be refigured while still on the job site. Figure 36 illustrates an example of reconciling the math. If a single door opening measures 30 and a quarter inches tight from wall to wall at the bottom of the opening, the right vertical wall is plumb and the left wall is 5 16ths out-of-plumb growing wider at the top, then the width at the top of the opening must be 30 and 9 16 that is just a simple math problem that we all know and work with all the time. But, but the next paragraph explains when it really becomes important. This dimension to the out-of-plum level relationship is crucial and plays a much larger role as the enclosure types get more complex with panels to the ceiling. And if the numbers do not reconcile, the miscalculation should be found and corrected while still on the job site. You will not be able to remember what did this look like? What did that look like? Run the math then and there. It takes you a little bit longer, but you can walk away knowing that everything is done. I just honestly, what I do is just measure station to station. Every single point that can have a point, I write a dimension for it just to make sure everything adds up, you know, check it, check it now, not uh, back at the office when you're not there. You'll be guessing then. Yep. Yep. And now you're like, okay, how can I do the least? Of, hey, many times I've done glass sizes with customers that they sent over to me and they had a missing 16th or a missing eighth. And they're like, look, this job's an hour and a half away. I'm not going back. Let's change the dimensions to make it hurt me the least. You know, change it by 16th here and a 16th there to where you have the least amount of exposure. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm sure we've all done things like that when we've when we've been pressed. That's why you look at it while you're still on the job site and not, uh, you know, not when you get back and you have to make those decisions.
0: Precisely.
4: Danny, are you going to be discussing the um, horizontal surfaces separately from the vertical?
1: No, but it it absolutely is exactly the same thing. I mean, with, if you're going you know, with one exception,
4: med- with Go one ahead. exception. I always measure based on each piece of glass because let's say the bottom, let's say it's just a door and a panel 60 inches wide. It can start off where the door is and go down, let's say, a quarter inch or more and then level out or go back up again. So I like to cut the bottoms out accordingly. Of course, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of times, I mean, it, it's it, it's just not consistent.
1: You're 100 percent correct. And that's actually even more common because when you're going up vertical walls, you just got one piece of glass budding that wall. When you're dealing with horizontals, you could have three pieces of glass going across that 60 inches. And sometimes it'll go down just in the first 18 inches, then comes back up and maybe goes back down. You're 100 percent correct. And that's a very good point to bring up. You have to view those panels as individual panels, and and sometimes you, you you get stuck in a situation to where well, let's say it's sixty inches, both panels are thirty, and it's three sixteenths out. Well, when it's three sixteenths out, there's no good answer, right, guys? There's no, I I I can't do a sixteenth plus on each one. I'm either assigning an eighth to one, or um, you know both of them a sixteenth, and 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 change it. You know what I mean? So having numerous panels on the bottom, sure. You got to plan them to z- they can zigzag up and down to, to, to follow that that bottom curve. Absolutely.
4: Yeah, we started doing that years ago, but it made a big difference.
1: Sure. I can see that for sure. Yeah, when you have an at a level on the bottom, it's time to start saying, okay, is it a straight out of level or does it drop in the middle and you're cutting? I mean, it could be perfectly level from 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 left to right. But there's an eighth inch drop in the middle to me that means you're cutting both pieces of glass an eighth inch down to follow that drop in the middle absolutely absolutely (laughs) well said brad thanks okay calculating deductions and finished glass sizes this is this was left very purposely vague and i think everyone will appreciate this once all the accurate measurements are recorded and the hardware has been selected glass sizes can be generated there are several different ways in which glass sizes can be calculated Glass sizes can be drawn and calculated without the assistance of a computer glass calculating program. A glazer that figures their own sizes manually will often have pre-drawn template pages depicting doors and various panel types ready to fill in the sizes. Another way of producing uh, finished glass sizes is the use of a glass sizing computer program. The user enters the field dimensions of the shower enclosure and any out of plumber level conditions. The user selects the hardware, then the program generates the finished glass sizes with deductions. Special clearances can be generated in the, prog- in the program. And the shower design programs can also provide glass uh, and hardware pricing and metal cutting instructions, and some even generate quotes. And glass sizes can also be generated by sending the field dimensions to the glass fabricator and having the sizes figured by the fabricator. Many fabrication professionals use a computer program to calculate the glass sizes. This puts the responsibility on the fabricator to make sure the sizes are correct. Check with your fabricator to see if that's an option. Now I wonder, do do any people still do glass sizes by hand? Anyone on this call do glass sizes
3: by hand?
0: I know there are some people out there that do. I think Tim does. Negative. I,
3: I have a computer program that I punch in a 20 yeah. minutes go over will take the deductions okay
0: who's that saying they do
5: i do bill you do them by hand yeah well we have a staff that does it by hand yes wow. Got
1: it. yeah there's nothing wrong with the, hey you know what i think we have a whole new generation of people who are in the i won't say glazers but i'll say people who are in the glass industry that would have absolutely no idea how to do a glass size if it was if it was to save their life all they can do is punch numbers into the program because they don't know how to do sizes manually <laughs> yeah hard to believe but true yeah i agree <laughs> um on this next one chris i want why don't you zoom in on the picture portion of this and i'll read about rakes i think rakes are one of the most uh, i don't want to say difficult to deal with i would say misunderstood and people have a hard time with rakes as being a, being a person who has helped people from a technical assistance point of view on the showers online program for 23 years and now with the FHC shower design program, I would say the most common requests I get have to do with rakes because people are, are perplexed by them. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about them. Rakes are a field condition requiring a glass panel or panels to have a clipped corner. Application with rakes can be a challenge to measure. To generate finished glass sizes mathematically, a rake should be accurately measured. It is always better to take more dimensions and have too much information instead of too little. An alternate method of measurement is to produce a physical template that could be provided to the glass fabricator. If the rake is on the uh, hinge side of the door, care should be taken to assure that the glass doesn't collide with the tile or stone when the door is, is opened out. Now. This I I want to take a look at these uh, at these uh, two figures here. The one on the left we'll look at first. What I find is the the most common thing I see are people want to produce drawings that have angles on them. Like they want to show me that that angle where the rake starts is 123 degrees. I don't want I don't want to know that that's 123 degrees. That's not an accurate way to take that dimension. If you're off by half a degree and you project that out 18 inches, that's gonna be like a quarter of an inch. You know what I mean? It's, it's, degrees are not the friendly place to go. So what is the right way to do it? This is the right way to do it. Look at what you want for your desired height. This is obviously assuming it doesn't go to the ceiling. Whatever you want for your desired height, you you record that dimension. Then you go over to where the rake occurs and you run a plumb line directly up to the ceiling at that exact desired height. Now keep in mind, if your height on the left is 80 and your curb falls down a quarter of an inch by the time it gets to where your plumb line would be, use the figure of 80 and a quarter. Don't use 80 anymore, because it's not a valid number. So whatever that number should be, measure the height at the desired height and put it. use a, uh, you pretty much need a, la- a, a laser for this, and mark the ceiling in that location because that is where the top of the glass is going to finish. Now, you measure and mark the rake wall at that desired height. Now go over to that close-up picture. You can zoom in a little bit more on that if you can, Chris. Okay, let me see. I think I probably can. And so we get to that close-up picture, and here we go. You got the mark you made on on that raked ceiling at your so-called desired height. Now all you have to do is record three dimensions. You record from your desired height down to where the rake begins. Basically, you're you're trying to create a, a right angle triangle. That's what you're. That's what you're creating with your dimensions. So you measure from the mark you made on the ceiling. You go down until you get to that horizontal level line. Record that dimension. That's your rake height. Then you leave that laser in place. In when like when you were actually marking the thing, and you measure from the uh, crook of the corner, excuse me, from the crook of the corner right over to your level, to your laser uh, plumb line, I should say, and that is your rake width. Then you simply measure the diagonal on the actual tile or stone to get your um, to get your diagonal dimension. And any two of those dimensions can be used to find the third. If you have a um, construction calculator, Pythagorean the- theorem. It's the Pythagorean theorem: a squared plus b squared equals c squared. Right. But nobody's gonna nobody's gonna work that out unless they do glass sizes by hand. No, right. I'm just kidding. Nobody's gonna work <laughs> that out. Um, you're gonna use a calculator for that. I do every time. But those are the figures that are the ones that the computer program wants, and and the computer program does rakes perfectly. I mean, very well. So once again, what is it all? it's math it comes down to details and understanding math is going to get you by in this business way more times than not
0: yeah you know and that's um if you take all three of those dimensions um and that's a good way to kind of check your math again like you were saying before if something's off a little bit you'll you'll find it out there and actually this method of finding that rake is a lot easier It doesn't seem like it at first. It seems like, oh, yeah, I'll just take, I'll use a protractor and I'll figure out what the angle is. I'll tell them that. That's really a lot more work and it's less accurate than what you're describing here. In my experience.
1: Chris is 100% correct is in my experience as well.
4: And if I could just add one little detail that's burned me before, um, just there, Something I like to do on the rake, if it is long enough, is put like a little 32 inch stick level or something on there and see if it's wavy because that can make a huge difference in your measurements as well and that more often than not is the case
1: right Ch- checking it for a flatness basically yeah good good, yeah.
3: good
0: good one yep
2: all i gotta say i'm glad i live in california because we never i never wanted to showers like that so <laughs> Actually, they have more back east. like They have showers like that. I, I never run to right. those. There. I think you're right about that. I think you're right about that.
5: Yeah, the, ter- the term on that, or at least we used to call it New England, is a dormer cut. A dormer. Because, because the roof uh, had a dormer up on the second floor. You know, Danny, the other thing that we could have added there is make sure that you're measuring from a level threshold because if that level is pitched like brian was talking about and you start taking that vertical dimension not realizing that the threshold has got a pitch to it it's going to throw your measurements off so you've got to you've got to find a, a starting point or a point of demarcation that's level and then uh like brian was saying you'll you'll have to indicate what the outer square is at the bottom of that door that's going up and be conscientious of that height. So if the threshold was, let's say a quarter inch lower, than on the hinge side, which would have been the left side, and you want an 80 inch rise, then you're gonna want an 80 and a quarter to compensate. Then your deductions come off of that for your sweep and your gap. Well,
1: that's how I started my conversation here. So I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's go to arches because this is very similar. Actually, arched, arched openings will generally require a physical pattern to be made. Mm-hmm. If any of the arched portion is a door, and the idea is to bring the glass close to the top of the arch, care should be taken to assure the glass does not collide with the tone with the uh, I'm sorry, tile or stone arch when the door is opened. I know. I had a very beautiful job that I did making something match the arch really, really well. And it was fantastic until I got the door about, oh, maybe halfway open and it ran into it because that's what arches do. Yeah, that's one of those mistakes you make, hopefully only one time. But I do have a, I do have a, a word of advice from the NGA. And that's to say that it's advisable to use a physical arch pattern And position it in the opening and pivot it open both in and out if required, as if it's the door to see how close you can get that arch to the ceiling. I've done that myself and it really works very well. You know, you'll pull it down a quarter of an inch and start to pivot it, and you see, boom, it runs into it. I got to pull that thing down a half inch or three quarters of an inch, you know, based on wherever the pivot point is, where you're going to relate it in the opening, arches can be really tricky. Mock it, up.
0: mock it up
2: mock
0: it up yeah move it out to the outside as far as you can but even without offset hinges even if you move it all the way to the very front that corner's still going to pivot in a little bit
1: yep it was it basically goes back to that diagram that we showed last week when we were looking at the towel bar that uh, pivots on a wall mount hinge trying not to collide into the wall that pivot point is offset one inch away from the wall So when you open that door out, the back end, you're always going to lose at least that one inch going inward. I know there's a clearance between the glass and wall, so that's why I say three quarters really then you lose, or 13 sixteenths. But yeah, so moving that thing out to the front helps. But Chris is 100% correct. It's not as if it's on a barrel hinge with the pivot point on the outside of the opening so that when you open it out, it immediately moves away and you can open it out like a Zurich or Zephyr hinge. Uh, The... Zephyr being the FHC version, um, yeah. A uh, pivot hinge, a uh, hinge with a pivot point on the outside would work in that in that case. Of course, it's single acting door at that point. But most arch openings are single acting doors anyway. I'm fine.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. I like that.
1: Okay, let's go on to the next part because it's six o'clock, and I'll try and run through this as quick as I can. We're going to talk about installing now, and I think everyone can get behind this this. This first uh, group here, and that is before leaving the shop for a glass shower installation, the installer should ensure they have all the tools and materials needed to complete the job. Many projects require some preparation or fabrication, for example, cutting aluminum or adding glass surface treatments, etc. Keep in mind that while these tasks may be performed in the field, it's almost always easier to do things in the shop like checking the glass, cutting it. Making your, uh, you know, cutting your U-channel header and all that kind of stuff. It's not always possible, but it does make sense to do it before going to the job site. And some people put hinges on the doors, you know, before they uh, transport them out to the job site as well. Mm-hmm. And it's best to inspect the glass as soon as it's as it's received. As many tempering companies have a limited window to report damages or misfabrication, as do the trucking companies for uh, filing claims for damage attributable to transportation of the glass. Details may be noted. Uh, include overall dimensions, each panel, scratches, chips, blemishes, placement of holes, cutout, out of square, what type of glass, thickness, glass style, texture, and I mean check your glass. Worst thing to do is go schedule Mrs. Smith. You go out to our house, you finally get there, you're getting everything set up, and you find there's a big scratch in the middle of the door that's not going to fly. It's like, why didn't that happen before – all of this you know what I mean you just got to check your stuff at the shop it's best I know right. it's not always feasible but we are saying best practices right yeah and uh and it's uh also you want to check your hardware before you go make make sure you've got everything you need sometimes uh take a look at the job sometimes you need special tools for a specific job and you got to make sure you bring that you know just check your stuff before you go everyone if everyone believes that everyone should adhere to that let's go to the next one Now, this is going to be an example of a shower clamp installation. I'm going to read you through it, and let's see what you guys think about how this is written and if it makes sense to people. Before laying out dimensions on the curb threshold, you know what, before I read this, I think it's important to note that this book does not tell somebody how to install a single door and a panel or how to install a neo-angle or how to install something, a notch panel, or how to install something that goes to the ceiling. It gives it gives you information on how to install various individual things that of course you apply to them as a whole. So it's going to go right into how to install clamps because that's all that, that it's talking about in this particular one. Not on you know any given application. It could be any application. Okay. So just kind of just an FYI about how the book is constructed. So before laying out dimensions on the curb or threshold, the following steps should be uh, normally should normally be followed. Verify the number, finish, and type of clamps for the project. Complete, here's a big one: compare the glass fabrication to the cut sheets sent to the fabricator and measure the glass panels to confirm that the fabrication is correct. I would always take the computer-generated drawings and measure the glass myself and write down what the actual dimensions are, not what I want them to be or not what they should be, but what they actually are, because that ends up coming into play. Compare the glass fabrication to the cut sheet sent to the fabricator, measure the glass, check the glass and use the actual glass sizes and hole and notch locations of the glass panels rather than the dimensions depicted in the drawings. Huge right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, prior absolutely. to making the curb or threshold or walling, or prior, I'm sorry, prior to marking the curb, threshold, wall, or ceiling, it's recommended to use painter's tape uh, on the locations where the marks will be made. Some natural stones may absorb the marker color, and staining may occur. If there are uh, intersecting panels of glass, the intersecting panel should be clearly drawn on the curb and threshold or the ceiling. It's best to use centerline dimensions when laying out the clamps where the clamps should be placed. Even if the shower enclosure was measured using different dimensions outside or other, it may be best to convert them to center line for, for ease of laying out and marking the whole locations. We know that the clamps get mounted to the center of the glass, basically, and that's just a good starting point to have.
0: Yeah, you know, now, and that, that point about staining, I mean, that even with pencil on some materials, pencil absolutely. will actually stain some materials it's crazy. So be aware of that
1: definitely have seen it, definitely have done it. I'm not proud, but it did happen. Maybe, Chris, maybe this is one of those ones where we want to do like the top half and then bottom half. Okay, cool. So the following portion addresses guidelines and recommendations for using the standard two-inch clamps with one mounting hole in the center. We all know that there are other kinds of clamps that can be used. These are the most common. So, use the information from measuring the glass and making note of the hole and notch locations in the glass when laying out the locations for the holes account for any clearances allowed for in the glass sizing phase in the glass size if the glass size in question requires an eighth inch clearance between the glass and the vertical wall the figure to that clearance figure that clearance into the layout sorry misspoke right. for example um If a panel of glass has a hole or notch on the bottom edge and it's located exactly four inches in from the vertical edge to the center of the hole or slot, consider the clearance between the glass and the wall. An eighth-inch gap between the glass and the vertical wall is added to the four-inch dimension, making the hole location on the curb or threshold to be four and one-eighth inches from the wall to the center of the hole to be drilled. Mark the location in the center of the glass at four and one-eighth inches from the wall. There you go simple math right there for you. Everyone should know that, but it's nice to see it sort of laid out in a way that just is, you know, like, in, you know, it it is not in question. Okay, now we are going to talk and we're going to finish on the subject um, of installation by talking about headers. I think headers are Uh, something that can kind of be a problem. and We go into angles and how to figure angles, and I think there's a great formula in here. So measuring and cutting. The uh, cutting of headers to size can take place in the field or in the shop. Often headers are cut on the job site. A miter saw is the most common method used to cut headers. Miter saws have the capability to change angles readily and cut through rather heavy aluminum and brass materials quickly and cleanly. Use the appropriate blade for the material you are cutting and do not use a wood blade. You may want to use a different blade for cutting brass versus aluminum. So we start talking about the different applications. Wall to wall. This is uh, measuring an opening that is straight in line with only one piece of header, no changes in angle, and the walls are at 90 degrees to the threshold may be achieved by measuring the tight opening wall to wall and making note of it. Measure it twice. Once the wall-to-wall dimension has been accurately recorded, simply deduct a sixteenth to get the exact header size. Cut the header to size and finish both ends by using a fine metal file to smooth all edges for the best look and for safety purposes. Wall-to-wall is pretty easy, everybody gets that. Let's talk about angles. Working with an opening that has a change of angle presents new variables. Any change of angle requires cutting the header using miters. Get accurate angle readings from the threshold and base or base in order to get the best results for a header miters meeting correctly. There are two conditions that call out for a mitre to be cut in the end of a header. Number one, the header runs into a vertical wall at an angle. Or number two, there is a change of angle that doesn't involve the header running into a wall and the headers are joined in an open space, panel to panel or panel to door. We all can envision that. The challenge installers face is the need to correctly figure what miter needs to be cut on the header based on the field conditions. There are simple math formulas associated with cutting headers on miters, miters on headers, that was, that, was a, that was a slip up, for cutting miters on headers, either running into a wall or in open space. Next page. The formula for cutting a header running into the vertical wall at an angle. Measure the angle at which the threshold or base runs into the wall. Clarify that a header meets the angle. Clarify that a header that meets a wall straight or square is running into the wall at 90 degrees. That is square. Right. A header butting into a wall at 90 requires no miter, zero on the miter saw. Here's the rule. To find the correct angle reading on the miter saw, Make note of the angle. If the angle is greater than 90, deduct 90 from the recorded angle. If the angle is lower than 90, deduct the recorded angle from 90. The bottom line is, here we go. How many degrees is the noted angle from 90? So if the angle is 112, that is 22 degrees off of 90. The angle is 68, that is 22 degrees off of 90, just different directions, right? So an angle reading of 115 or 65 would result in an angle reading of 25 on a miter saw. Both figures are 25 degrees away from 90. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah, that's easy. Math is math, right? Now, here comes comes the good one. Formula for uh, headers joined in open space. Unfortunately for everybody, not every angle is either 90 or 135. Sometimes they are different and that's when it tests our math skills. So a very common application is joining two or more headers to make a structural member that's attached to a wall at each end. Cutting and joining these header components requires defining the miters correctly. Shower angles are almost always between 90 and 180 degrees. Angles are less than 90 are nearly unheard of and angles over 180 Define the shower structure as having panels that are inverted, meaning they are coming out into the room as opposed to into the shower. So start with obtaining the correct angle and to get the figure required on a miter saw, here's what you do. You record the angle and you start with the uh, formula with the number 180. You deduct the recorded angle from 180. You take that difference, divide it by two, and that's what you're going to use on the miter saw. Now, let's do a couple of examples that we all know are true using that that math. So an example of a 90-degree angle, hit the next page, is record the angle as measured, 90. Begin the formula with the number 180, deduct the angle from 180, you get 90, take that difference, which is 90, and Divide it by two, and it gives you a 45 degree miter. We all know that that's the answer. We've done it a million times. Same thing applies for the 135. You take the angle of 135, take it from 90, you're left with 45. Take 45, divide by two, 22 and a half degree miter. What do you do when it's 120? You take 120 from 180, gives you 60, divide it by two, 30 degree miter. Simple. Every single time it will work how to measure for header cut sizes. Most headers are mounted to the vertical walls from above the header, meaning you can raise the header structure above the glass and bring it down on top of the glass. If you're going to the ceiling, you're probably not using a header. Love when people say, yeah, I want you to go to the ceiling, but I want you to use the header on the ceiling. You have to try and explain to them, uh, ah, it's not a deep pocket. It's really not gonna work, ah, Never mind. So most of the time you're, the glass is, um, Going to a point in the headers above and can be pressed down on top of the glass. So that means that uh, the glass can be installed before measuring for finished header sizes. Unless all header sizes have been pre cut, it's recommended to set all the glass panels in the shower and measure before uh, cutting the header lengths. Once the uh, fixed panels are all set and the temporary held in position, measure to the center line of the glass itself to the change of each angle and make note of all of these centerline dimensions. Okay, next page. We're almost near the end, guys. I'm sorry, I'm just doing a reading. You're doing doing great, man. You're doing good, no problem. I think it's important stuff. It's recommended to use the centerline of the glass measurement for cutting the header material because some headers are asymmetrical. So measuring to the long point of a header can be troublesome. The center line of, of where the glass is going to fit into the header is constant and reliable. Use the center line dimension and make a mark on the header where the center of the glass would be situated when the header is installed. Cut the desired miter first, leaving the length a little bit long. Then you're going to measure from your cut miter to your to the end. You're ultimately going to square cut. And always cut it just a little bit big to start with. Measure again and nibble it off. I like, you know, I end up cutting it a couple, three times. Just I want to make sure I don't cut it too small. Cutting it too small to me is unforgivable because you can always start out a little big and just nibble your way down. And then once you're finished, obviously you're going to finish off the ends really nicely with a file, clean everything up, make it look really good. Joining header links, once they're uh, fabricated, you know, you use corner brackets, you would pretty much install those. And the same thing goes with using wall mount brackets, the brass wall mount brackets. And then the last part is positioning the header for final mounting. This comes up when you've got numerous panels of glass and you've got this big elaborate header that takes three turns or maybe even a fourth one, putting the header on all those panels can be a little bit tricky. It's good to have a second person if you can, especially if it's a real big shower. But the idea is to put everything on uniformly with the with the uh, with the header ends butting the walls on both ends. And really just start to tap your way down. You want to work your way down slowly and consistently across the length of the thing, measuring as you go, because you do not want to be hitting a header back up Mm -hmm. off of the glass. That is a a real troublesome situation. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's almost like you can only, you know, you only want to go the one direction. You just want to go down on that header. And the way to know, once again, you go back to your measurements that you thoroughly measured and took each height dimension at every point. So you can now measure from the floor and make sure that you go to the top of your header where it needs to be. Tap it down a little more. Get it where you need it to be. And then finally mount it, obviously. And, you know, you snap in filler. And I think that pretty much does it for all of these things. So that was just like one, those were two portions. There was one for a clamp and one for a header. We have glass-to-glass hinges, wall mount hinges, Q channel, pivot hinges, all types of pivot hinges. I mean, it's got everything in there. Mm -hmm. So that's it. I think it's just going to be a must-have.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's so much information in there. Yeah, we're just scratching the surface. I mean I think uh, take a, it would take a lot of these sessions to really go through every item. It really would. but um, thanks for for picking out some great sections. I mean those are you d- you did a great job at, at selecting those. Um,
1: well, thank you. there's there's you know there's so much good stuff. it's like, oh, I want to include this no, you got to kind of say let me limit myself here. I can't, can't can't put the whole thing out there. you know it's just it's too much, it's just too much.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, All right. Well, um, I'm sure that we've got some
3: questions here in the group. Who who has a question for Danny? Don't be shy. Don't be shy. (laughs) Don't make me call on you. That's what my teacher would say. (laughs) Questions related
4: (laughs) to what we just talked about or any kind of question? Anything. Yeah, you can ask Danny anything. Danny's here. Ask him something. Well, we're all here. Let's all talk (laughs) about it. Okay, I've got a question. It kind of came up today. Um, A wall mount pivot hinge. Uh, Left hand, right hand, doesn't matter. You got FHC has the nice universal bracket, which I love. Mm-hmm. But uh, does that? Do they have a flush mount option on the top of the door glass for that, or is that a programming sure. thing, or is that a, a, a issue with the hinge itself? You can
1: definitely do a flush mount application. You can do that extra stair step cut and have it finish at the top of the bracket as opposed to the top of the clamping part of the hinge. Yes, you can definitely do that. It's. It, it should, certainly companies that offer those hinges generally have a template drawn for that. Um, and it may be in the computer program as well, but uh, yeah, definitely that's a good way to go.
4: Very good, thanks.
1: I thought you were gonna bring up those same exact hinges, but what do you do when it's out of plumb and you can't cut the uh, glass out of square there? I, as soon as she said wall mount hinges, I'm like, mm, I wonder if he's gonna talk about that sure we've all run into that i mean the only thing really to do there is to get a shim and shim the hinge away from the wall and inset the cutout but you know i don't make a shim i don't think the other guys make a shim i've had them made before and i can make them but sometimes a wall mount pivot hinge just may not be the best answer if it if the wall's out of in that way now it looks like an an add-on piece you know what i mean it looks like a hey what did this guy do to make this work you know sure Right. right on. Thanks. Thanks for the question,
3: Brian. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a back to cutting your hinges, your headers for knee angles. Yeah. I got ambitious and made a, a template. Oh, very okay. nice. And I can set up the door width. So I'll have this one, this one going across, and one return. And i have a slide bar up here so i can set that on the head of the of the enclosure and get mm. all the measurements
1: oh that's nice so you just have a way of temporary of temporarily putting it up in place to make sure you get everything yeah, exactly
3: it's a, it's a header yeah. that i can just mm-hmm. to the width that's of the way door to do it? And absolutely absolutely fact, that's can, cool in fact you can stand all the panels up there and put that header on and mark everything <laughs>
1: necessity is the mother of invention i remember a couple of times um i had a i had a, a door and a panel go up let's say they're both 30 by 30 and the fixed panel was really bowed um and it was or actually it was the door that was a little bit more bowed and i wanted to bow the fixed panel so what i did used a piece of u-channel and just use shims on the glass a sticky u-channel to the back wall and shims on the back wall and just bent that piece of glass out straight, actually bent it a little past straight, and then siliconed everything all into place. Yeah. And it and it didn't have any clamps in the middle of it. You know, it just had clamps like eight inches down from the top, eight inches up from the bottom. So the middle was very flexible, very bowable. So I bowed it into position, siliconed it in place, removed it, and the thing held its position. It was beautiful.
3: Yeah, I've done that before.
1: Yeah. The necessity is the mother of invention. You go figure all these funny little things out. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know how many guys have ever tried this, but um, I've taken the the dimensions like from from like showers online. You put it in there; it'll give you the actual dimensions to cut your header. Um, and and just like said, okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna cut these and cut them like in the shop exactly what the computer said to do put it together take it to the job and try it and it i mean it works if you do if you do your measurements right um it will get it dead nuts and but but the key is you do have to get your measurements your, your measurements have to be exactly right and if you think about it, it makes sense because, for example, like let's say you're doing a, a Neo with three three panels, the doors in the middle. Um, the door, you know, if the door is made right, it has to fit that space. Like all of your panels, I mean, they have to fit into the header. So I mean, the bottom you might have to, you know, fudge around a little bit or something, but um, but you know the glass is gonna fit the header because it's designed to fit it. So um, I've found that to be, especially in some situations where it's like kind of off, we kind of weird angles. Um, I like to do it that way. It's, it takes a little bit of bravery, but so well,
3: yeah. here's you see this? That's my my jig I use to oh okay to do a new angle, and I can I can have screws. I just I just apart, and I've already got the filler strips in here. I can set up the door with, put it up there and cut everything. That's Hold, cool. it. Hold it up again, yeah, Tim. Let us see what Hold you it. got there. It's just a shower yeah. door header. It's cut at, um, so yeah. yeah. it goes on the fixed panel, the fixed panel and the door in the middle. And this is adjustable out to 28 inches, 30 inches. And you, you slide it along. Yeah. At your uh, door width. That's so, cool. Okay. That's cool. I'm to cool. have to go visit
2: you, Tim, and see. Make me one of those.
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: Love it. So, yeah, I do the same thing as Chris. I have showers online. I cut my header out of my shop, get it ready, make it look pretty, and then load it on my truck and go. But, yeah, you got to be spot on on your measurements. Um, but before, you know, like <clears> – <throat> you guys were talking about you know about marking your holes for your clamps i i honestly okay me i drill my clamps in in place i don't take down my glass i put my glass up i adjust it have tape i hold it up in place i actually have sleeve over um the corner sleeve over uh clamps that i have and and i and i'll put one of those in the corner of the glass and i'll tape it down with with gorilla tape, and it holds my glass up and then before I put my door in, I adjust everything, make sure I have my openings right. And um, so if I'm doing a header with the knee angle, I do that and make sure everything's right in place. And if it fits, I'll throw it on and then put my, my and then drill all my clamps I need. And there you go.
0: Yeah, I saw a video in the shower door professionals group on Facebook of some guys drilling. For clamps with the glass in place, I was fine. And, I, and I was like, it wasn't you; it was somebody else. But, oh. but um, no, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was you. Well, no, uh, but, but no, it was me. But it was like I, was just, I saw that. And I was like, wow, man, that just blew my mind.
1: Well, they have, like, to be, they have to. be the ones with the L-shaped bracket on them, right? They're not the U-shaped clamps.
0: Yeah. Oh, they're yeah, the, the regular like at you know scu four basically. Yeah. And it's like, you, you have to drill it at an angle with a long drill bit.
1: So wait a second. You're actually drilling like right next to the glass like that.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Crazy, Take huh?
2: Takes some guts. So, I
0: mean, I mean, so, you, you, would, you wouldn't want to put this in a manual or anything. I so, wouldn't
2: do. <laughs> so my, so my that's cutout exact. that's advanced. So my cutouts are the, I uh, have the wide mouth in the bottom. So yeah, which helps. And so I have a six inch masonry bit I use. I make sure I go in an angle when I drill my, you know, I have one guy on the other side, he holds it and I drill it or I hold it. And he drills it. Mm-hmm. And so I think the guy, the person that you're talking about, yeah, that was one of the videos. It was me and and a bunch of people were counting me for that. I don't care. It works. It
0: might've been you that I saw doing that. But for me, it was like, it was like a light went on. I was like, "Whoa, well, you can do that. And so there was, you know, it might not be a good, choice for every installation not you know what i mean but but there are certain situations where it's like it's really hard not to get the, put the glass in place like the way that danny's descri- or the way that the guide describes like laying out for holes to drill for a clamp that's how i do my clamps i haven't, i hadn't seen anybody else actually do that but i'll lay the glass on my table and i'll measure over from the wall to the the center of the first clamp cutout, and then from the wall over to the center of the second one. So I don't, I ignore what it says it is from the other edge. I just measure both from the same edge, put my center lines down, measure those over, accounting for the the gap, like like the guide says, mark those holes, drill them, install my clamps, walk with the glass first time, set it in place. And almost every time, I mean, there, there's like one in 10 times I'm I goof and I have to take it out and re-drill it, move it, move it over a little or something. But um, almost every time it works and it like saves so much time as compared to setting the glass in, marking the spot, setting the glass out, drilling the holes, setting the glass back in after you install the clamps. Um, if you take accurate, and the secret to all this is taking really accurate measurements. It doesn't yep. work if you
1: don't do that. No, I, I install it the same way that Chris just described. but you know there's more than one way to do things and if you if, if you do things and they work for you and and you've got that level of skill, do it you know that's that's for sure. I mean you don't get in the way of the way of you don't get in the way of how somebody does something if it if it's not something that doesn't affect you you know what I mean it's like it's not unsafe it's how you want to do it do
2: it you know it's up to you hey, uh, I got oh. go ahead. I got another question. Um, so I don't. So for your okay, so silicone application. So I don't use the uh, clear. I use the RTV clear silicone for my when I seal my showers. Um, I haven't haven't had anybody call back using that. But do you have other other companies that use RTV for for seal the shower doors? I buy your guys's. I have your guys silicone, your RTV silicone. And I yeah. It. I mean,
1: you know, basically there's three schools of thought. You use use uh, Acetoxy Cure, like the 33S or my S150, or you use an RTV 408, which is uh, the neutral cure silicone. The other guys, mine is a, That's what I S4, use. Four, yeah, 450. That's... Or you go with the ultra clear, that water clear silicone. And
2: uh, water clear like
1: I, like I don't like water clear tune, <laughs> and for me it develops air bubbles and uh, you know I just I'm not a I'm not a big fan of the water clear I use the RTV as well because it adheres to more surfaces yeah. there are some stones that 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 the regular 33s wants to kind of fall off of a little bit in the RTV yeah.
2: and adheres to more I I use exactly the same one exactly yeah, and. And you know, and if you get a lighter stone, it blends in really well with it. It, it really uh, hides a lot of the, you know, like bumps in the wall or bellies, whatever. It does help a little bit. I mean, to the fill them in. I'm not a am not a uh, channel guy. I never use channel ever. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I'll make that some <laughs> put it in somehow. It's going to work. No clamps. No, no channel. So I do K cuts. I do all I, you know. I know how to measure for those, so I make sure I add. it does cost the customer more money, but you know what? The customer should have not your customers have
0: more money, yeah. Exactly. yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, if they were not cheap, they shouldn't not cheaped out and got a cheap cow guy, it's their fault, They're gonna
0: have to
4: right.
0: yeah. So. Yeah, you know, it's like I always say too, it's like whether it's your installation, like Danny was, was alluding to, it's like every people have different ways of doing it and. and nobody's really right or wrong i mean as long as it's like safe and it's done properly right um and it's the same way with business you know the way you do your business the way you um you know some people like like adrian saying he doesn't do you channel you know and it's like somebody else they they love you channel that's all they want to do you know that's like everybody has their own way of doing it and it's all good and I love that the way that this document really embraces everybody's way of doing it. Doesn't shame anybody for the way they do that. their thing. And it's, it's, it's vague enough to be really instructive and yet inclusive. I, I think a, a good job was done on that for sure. So if you don't have your yeah. copy, you need to get your copy, you can download it. And Danny, did you say that there's a hard copy now available?
1: There is a hard copy available, yes. Yeah. I,
4: mine.
0: Nice. All I've right. been
4: waiting for mine oh. for two weeks, right. but it's, uh, it's on its right. It's it's in route.
0: It's in route.
1: There you go. Nice. All right. Well, awesome. Thanks again, Dan. You really appreciate it, man. My pleasure. It was a lot of fun, you guys. Thanks, thanks so yeah. much for, for, for coming out and having me. Appreciate it.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, Thank we'll you. see you again next Wednesday. Hey, this is Chris Phillips, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. You may want to join the Shower Door Professionals group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Shower Door Pros, and you'll find us. I look forward to seeing you.